Oi, tudo bem? This is Brazuca Sounds, hosted and produced by Leandro Vignoli. Hey guys, how's it going? What's happening out there? Welcome to Brazuca Sounds number 30th. Today I'm going to do a special on a music genre in Brazil uh, called Samba Rock or Samba Rock, as we say in Brazil, blending, of course, samba tunes with electric instruments, samba played with guitar, more or less, hence this fusion name, Samba Rock, and this given name, though, is mostly associated with the periphery of São Paulo, and obviously, when this genre was rediscovered in parties in the 1990s, everyone just adopted this Paulista name, Samba Rock. And if we're talking about rediscovery, that was also the case of a group from the 1970s that is opening uh, Brazuca Sounds today. I'm talking about Trio Mokoto, and one of my favorites, intros to a song ever recorded. This is the song Não Adianta by Trio Mokotó. So it's not very clear who exactly invented a samba rock, right? It's not also clearly sometimes what exactly is samba rock. If it's like a dance style, a music genre, it's just a categorization after all. Everything about samba rock with discover and invented by DJs. They were the ones who did the research of forgotten songs, more or less, like back in the day, in the 70s. And then, as I said, it was rediscovered in the late 90s. But the origin of the genre is mostly attributed to when Georgie Ben got together with the trio Mokoto, uh, Nereu, the percussionist on trio Mokoto, uh, said this in an interview for the O Globo in 2001. What is now called Samba Rock, it was created by us. Georgie Ben had his own guitar beat and we would set up the rhythm that worked with his guitar. We made a beat to support the guitar groove with a pinch of rock style. And I feel like I have like the perfect definition for what Nereu just said over there and it's this next song here called Sossega Malandro. So 
So this album here is the third and last from the 1970s, uh, released by Trio Mokotal. It was recorded in 1975 for the Italian market only, with an Italian producer, Daniele Petruschi, and never saw the light until 1977, for two years, when technically the trio was already no more after the percussionist João Paraíba left the band to work in his family company manufacturing towels. Uh, the other two guys, Nereu and Fritz, they spent almost 25 years just playing in hotel bands, that kind of stuff. Mainstream music was not really going on for those guys for several years. Uh, by the way, on that same interview that I just showed before, the band claims they never received more than 800 bucks for royalties for all his albums. And we're talking about guys here who play in three very important Georgie Band albums, right? But anyway, you can find a lot of different covers for this particular album in here. The original Italian version featuring seven musicians, like with a funky orange and pink font. But the most common cover, though, including the Mr. Bongo reissue, it is just called Trio Mokoto and has the three guys of the band all dressed in white. Very easy to find this copy. And one of my favorite songs on that album, it is the one that finishes the LP. It's called Kinega Essa, which, by the way, on streaming platform, that's the name of the album right there. Trio Mokoto, Kinega Essa, just to make things even more confusing. So this song is obviously written and performed by Jorge Ben in his own album of 1972, here uh, with a more upbeat version by the trio Mokoto. If you listen to on headphones, there's a lot of that guitar groove I mentioned earlier. It's samba and it's rock, samba rock. And this transition here, it is just great. Summarize samba rock more than anything. Just like the next song here, when we go to our next artist of today, Bebeto. So this is Bebeto, he was really the flagship of samba rock among the DJs in the 1970s. He is 
from São Paulo, just like the trio Mocotó, by the way, right? Jorge Ben is from Rio, but he only met trio Mocotó living in São Paulo in the late 1960s. So Bebeto, it is from there, the largest city in Brazil, more than 12 million people live in São Paulo, and this is where this so-called movement really took off Bebeto playing his acoustic guitar here, not the electric, but a very interesting tuning, like total chill music, mellow, but groovy enough to get your hips shaking, obviously. Many, many songs of samba rock, they talk about dancing and women, half of the songs on this album, for instance, use the slang nega in parts of the song, or even in the name of the song, which is kind of a term of endearment in the Brazilian pop culture, right? In English, or babe, bird, if you're Englishman. And another example of this word and slang, it is Babato's greatest hit, actually, the song Segura Nega. is like another trademark of a samba rock style song, right? These heavy brass sections. And if you pay close attention, this melody has like a wah-wah guitar all over it. And anyway, Segura Nega was written in partnership with Luis Wagner, which was one of the samba rock creators as well, even according to Bebeto in this interview to the newspaper Folha de São Paulo. Brazilian music was not played much at the clubs in the 1970s. As I didn't speak English, I began singing Portuguese songs with a rock approach. It was with me, Bedeo, and Luis Wagner who created Samba Rock. It just happened. It wasn't something planned. Jorge Ben had always had this more bossa nova side, so Samba Rock definitely started with us. So, as you can see, it's not a done deal exactly on who invented, right? Depends on who you ask. True Mokotot says one thing, Bebeto says another thing, and Bebeto also referred there to Bedeo, a singer-songwriter who co-wrote many of his songs, including this other one here, slider, funky and groove-oriented than a traditional samba rock. This particular song here is not from the debut album, but the second uh, record of Bebeto. The two first Bebeto records are fundamental, really, if you like groovy Brazilian music, just like the entire 1970s discography of a guy from my state there in Brazil, Luiz Wagner. Yeah. 
So Louis Wagner was obviously one of the precursors of this genre, especially because he made the transition from acoustic to electric guitar before almost everyone else did it in Brazil, at least obviously in this kind of genre, right? I talked already a little bit about Louis Wagner in the episode number 12 about the Black Rio movement. He had recently passed away at the time, so it was more like a tribute, really. Louis Wagner is really more connected to this genre here, samba rock, which in the region he comes from, Porto Alegre, we used to call swing. And, uh, and I say we because I'm originally from there. Louis Wagner was prodigy, really. In his early 20s, he already had played in bands, worked as a studio musician, songwriter for almost everybody from that black Brazilian scene, Avinha, Golden Boys, Wilson Simonal, really almost everybody, Bebeto, as I said earlier. On the background is his second album, actually, which is my favorite. Luis Wagner ended up receiving his nickname Guitarreiro, the Guitar Man, which also names the opening track of that album with a citation of the Beatles in the opening melody. Naquele tempo eu gostava dos Beatles, mas tinha os nego velho que eu gostava muito mais. And what he literally says here is there was a time I really liked the Beatles, but there were other dudes I liked even more. Cannot be more samba rock than that, right? Luis Wagner even used to say many times that he was too rock and roll for the samba people, but had too much swing for the rock and roll people. So always kind of navigating in the wrong crew, more or less, all the time. He was also obviously a musician's favorite. Everybody from the 1970s refers to Luis Wagner in some way or another. Never really took off in the mainstream media, though never was like a famous guy. Uh, Georgie Ben even named the song after him in the 1980s. And even if in the late 70s he would put more like disco, funk, records orientated, this album here is definitely a quintessential samba rock record. Que eu gostava muito mais Sempre que podia Ia ao campinho Jogar meu futebolzinho Aquelas coisas and as I said in the beginning, good part of the samba rock popularity is thanks to the southern region in Brazil. Uh, Luis Wagner was technically from Bagé, like in the deep country sound in the south of the country, an hour from the border with Uruguay, but he eventually moved to Porto Alegre, which is the capital of that state, and then later on to Sao Paulo, where everything happens really in Brazil in terms of music and market. But even though Porto Alegre was always a hub for this kind of music, another band from there 
kind of obscure in Brazil and even more to the international audience, released a fundamental samba rock album in 1978, and this is what I'm gonna hear right now. If you are from Porto Alegre and you don't know this song in the background, you're a lost cause, really. Grama Verde is the name, Greengrass, uh, and this group is called Pau Brasil, not to be confused with the jazz band from Rio de Janeiro bearing the same name. This Pau Brasil here was led by Bedeu, that guy mentioned earlier in this podcast as one of the pioneers of the genre. He is Pau Brasil band actually was part even as the, as the percussion section in the Louise Wagner album that I also just showed you who as a retribution plays guitar here so all these guys were kind of connected and by the way Pau Brasil it is like a tree when the country was named after which is they never saw this tree in my entire life <laughs> This album here is called O Samba e Suas Origens, Samba and Its Origins. But this is really not a tradition of samba, the one for carnival, big ensembles, but instead this subgenre of samba, the swing. heavy percussion, brass sections over the top, people singing in unison, that's a classic samba style, mixed it up with this wah-wah rock kind of melodies. And according to Mateus Mapa, who has a PhD in music research and wrote his thesis on swing and samba rock in Brazil, the genre was not created by design, but on a practical experience of all these musicians, right? Bidale is a forward thinker, an aggregator above all, an extremely creative musician who proposed an aesthetic transformation. It was not about creating a different style, but playing an existing genre differently, which ended up becoming a model for other artists who came later. Personally, I feel like Pau Brasil is just like an obscure version of Trio Mocotó, as just as good. And they moved and recorded this album in Sao Paulo, but soon enough moved back uh, to the south following its immense commercial failure. The group was short-lived and Bedeu, the lead singer here, began a solo career in the 1980s that also never really took off. 
Ironically, he became one of those guys with a cult status only after he passed away in 1999 at the age of 54 uh, due to diabetes. Like in the late 90s and 2000s in Porto Alegre, samba rock was really a massive thing. There was a particular street there on a bohemian neighborhood. You could actually catch, I don't know, more than 10 different nightclubs only dedicated to samba rock, either live music or from the DJs. It is definitely a movement that only became popular when it was not even a thing anymore, when it was not even happening anymore, right? Which is not that different from our next guy here. It was never ever really popular in Brazil. Nonetheless, Marco Ribas, his full name. Every samba rock party these days, though, will eventually play this song in background. Song Samba Band from Marcus' self-titled debut album. Many people call that album Underground, which was in fact the name of the record label. The episode 9 of Brazuca Sound was entirely dedicated on that label. And if you go back there and listen to again, there's an album called Chimaya and Convidados, which was just a compilation of many artists that I just talked about here. Bebeto, Luis Wagner, and now Marcu. The only exception of Bebeto, all these other guys, just like Marcu, was totally obscure in Brazil at the time. He was not really part of any scene, even less a samba rock scene. He was not even purely samba rock, but a blending of black sounds, including funk, raggy, regional rhythms from Brazil and also from the Caribbean. I only discovered Marcu's work in the last 10 years or so, like almost everybody else mostly. He was from the state of Minas Gerais, completely different state where the traditional samba rock was being done, like the state from o Clube da Esquina Collective, if you remember that. And this, another song here, is about his region, Minas, from his second LP, which is personally my favorite record of Marco. <laughs> Like many other Brazilian artists that self-exiled due to the military regime, uh, Marcou moved to France in 1968, and then three years later, he will spend another four years in the Caribbean countries, Martinique and Saint Lucia, respectively. Uh, he traveled 
to Brazil literally just to record his albums, which may explain this disconnection with the media or the audience. And just to put history in perspective here, a review from 1977 in the newspaper O Globo was very dismissive of Marcuse, not only his music, but his own identity as a Brazilian man. At times he seems he does not know Portuguese very well, or just arrived recently. The lyrics are poor, and his melodies, which were from a year ago, are already dated. Hopefully it gets better for his next album. And by the way, this reviewer, Sérgio Cabral, was totally, totally wrong about it. It's something Marcou was ahead of its time, not the opposite, including his Afro and indigenous influences, especially from Martinique, where he was living at the time. So this song, it is performed in Creole from the Martinique region, a language that he also performed in his debut album. One of the podcast listeners here, Nikki Lars, who speaks the language fluently, recently even asked me what was the connection between Marcou and the region. So there it is. He lived there for quite some time. And almost every song on the album has an Afro-Indigenous theme. This album, by the way, was arranged by João Donato. Has a lot of great musicians on it, including, obviously, uh, Marcou, who play at least a dozen of percussion instruments. And, by the way, was recently made available on streaming platform. It's very hard to find Marcou his music online, but this second LP from 1977 is available now, so I'm gonna make available for you on the ongoing playlist soundtrack Brazuca Sounds that I updated after every show. <laughs> And to finish it up this show, I'm gonna show you five different tracks that only play in samba rock parties. And all the songs here, they are actually considered like a pre-samba rock. And not only that, all songs, they were written by Jorge Ben, the godfather of samba rock. Olha a banana, olha o bananeiro, olha a banana, olha o bananeiro. Eu trago bananas pra vender. So this is a song by the band Os Incríveis, and they had an astronomical commercial success as a rock boy band in the 1960s. This album is like from a transitional phase when the Jovem Guarda movement was dying in Brazil, mixing it up styles. And this record from 1969, an extremely good record through and through, also has a version of Jurema by Tim Maia, 
And this song in the background is obviously a big hit on samba rock parties in Brazil, O Vendedor de Bananas. Olha a banana, olha o bananeiro, olha a banana, olha o bananeiro. O mundo é bom comigo até demais. Foi numa tarde de domingo Que alguém perguntando por ela chegou Deixando meu coração tristonho Desde o mato morrendo de amor Another classic samba rock song from the band Os Brazões. This is their first and only album. They were kind of an obscure jam of the Tropicale movement. They were like the backup band for artists such as Gal Costa, Tonza, and many others. They ended up releasing this record in 1969. There are two songs on this album written by Jorge Ben and Toquinho. Like this one, Carolina Carol Bella, and miraculously, I like the version of Os Brazões the most, more straight out for a dance party. So this is Elizabeth Viana, the Brazilian basket secret, the queen of samba rock. There is no samba rock party in Brazil without this song, really. It was literally her first recording. It is also written by Jorge Ben. He never recorded the song. The guy had so many songs written in the late 60s and early 70s. He was just like distributing to other people like candy. And this one is probably one of the best examples of that. So these are the Golden Boys. I even recorded an entire podcast about the Correa brothers in the episode 15. Not only the brothers, the other siblings too, through Esperança, the episode with least plays. So go there and check it out, please. It's a great episode. And there are many, many, many versions of this song out here, including by the Queen. Elizabeth Viana, but this is by far my favorite version. It could even be from Jorge Ben and Trio Mokotó era albums, right? Great guitar groove, massive percussion, this brass action, all great.
it is, the last song on the show. Uh, the song Eu Quero É Mocotó by Erlon Chaves, who was like a pianist with an incredible band, Banda Veneno, more like an ensemble, really, of more than a dozen musicians. Mostly, Erlon was associated with Wilson Simonal arrangements. And this song here, Eu Quero É Mocotó, was obviously written by Jorge Ben during his trio Mocotó era. And as I explained in a different show here, Mocotó is a, is a Brazilian's too, but in the 1960s and 70s also slang for the kneecaps of the ladies exposed by their miniskirts. There's even a very interesting and tragic story, really, about this song in 1971, after playing the song live in one of those music contests made for TV, made for TV in Brazil, Erlon Chavez, uh, as the frontman, was once taken into custody by the military regime for being surrounded on this presentation by blondie women kissing him which was considered, quote-unquote, against family values by the military. <laughs> like, the history here is not the best to finish it off the show, but the song is, like, very uplifting and very, like, funny and funky at the same time. Eu quero é mocotó. Thanks, guys. This was a wrap for today. Don't forget to rate this show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This entire show had immense vocal contributions from Alexandra Murphy. Thanks, guys. It was a pleasure. Spring is out there. Go enjoy your day. This was Brazuca Sounds with Leandro Vignoli. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Yeah.